Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book that shares the same name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it does take a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including Lauren Chiarello Micah sharing her experiences with high-risk pregnancy and the premature birth of her twins, or last week's episode where Kimberly Sparks and I discuss ALS and caregiving for a parent. If you've liked these episodes or others, please tell your friends and do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed. And now for this episode. This week's guest is Gigi Ashworth Dubois. She is Personality Plus. Known as Gigi Eats Celebrities, she is a YouTube celebrity, now author, who talks nutrition, allergy-friendly cooking, and all things salmon. Gigi truly follows the beat of her own drum and shares her story navigating autoimmune disease and battling anorexia. Her take on life is truly unique, and through it all, she shares how important mindset is to healing and finding joy in life. So please, grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here with you today and introducing you to Gigi Ashworth. She is an author. She is a YouTube personality. She is a popular allergen-friendly foodie who, I kid you not, I believe in a former life, she must have been a sensational comedian because she is hilarious. She is the first started her vlog, Gigi Eats Celebrities, years ago, and it's become really popular that she has an awesome, awesome, awesome book that's called She Does Keto. I love it. It's filled with over 100 recipes, so you got to go out there and get it. Um, the other things I know about Gigi, as I've been a fan of hers for years, is that she is obsessed with salmon, and she likes chocolate a lot as well. She even has her own chocolate bar. So I'm grateful that I can share her story with you today, where she's going to talk about autoimmune disease and how she found a little bit of happiness through the hardship. Thank you, Gigi, for being here today. Why, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for thinking I'm worthy of being on your podcast. Oh, my goodness. You are beyond worthy. And like I said, you always make me laugh, even just sometimes like the animations and some of the videos. And when I say animations, I mean you being animated. Um, <laughs> it just makes me smile. Yeah, my face uh, has a mind of its own, so all of my facial expressions, I cannot control. Uh, it works, I guess, in my videos, although I just had this, or I tried to do the photo shoot the other day because I cut my hair all off, and I wanted to showcase that, and I was, like, trying to be serious or sexy or, you know, just doing a headshot, and I'm like, nope, my face does not know how to do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's funny. I've actually, I must have missed that one because I was wondering, I thought you'd been wearing your hair up a lot. Isn't that funny? No, I chopped it off. I didn't really make an announcement or anything like that, to be completely honest, because 
my mom, uh, she always told me not to cut my hair. And then one random day about a month ago, I was like, screw this. I'm going to cut my hair. Cause I like, I went through the process of washing my hair and then I did my hair and then I immediately put it in a ponytail. And I'm like, what am I doing? Taking all the time doing this when my husband's been telling me to chop my hair off for years. So I finally just did it. And it was probably the best decision ever because now I don't have to ever wash my hair. I just use dry shampoo and I can put my hair in Mohawks every day. Oh my gosh. Well, I, that is adorable. And I'm sure that your son would like that too. It might give him something a little extra to laugh about the Mohawks. Yeah. When he understands what's going on or maybe he thinks he'll just get embarrassed. He's only a year. So he doesn't really know what's, what's going on at this moment in time. So can you tell us something, tell us something fun about you? I know that, like I said, you're, you're really, um, you you're celebrity YouTube famous, uh, as well as some of the other now at the book, but tell us something that we might not know about you. Ooh, not to know. Well, here's a, a fun fact about me. I actually used to competitively snowboard. Uh, I don't think too many people know that about me because I'm always talking about eating salmon. Right. I, uh, I was on the Colorado state snowboard team for two and a half years, wow. but this was a long time ago. This was like back when I was in high school, I went to boarding school for snowboarding Okay. Wow. and, uh, then I was on the competitive snowboarding team. But then the reason why I stopped was because my, my school that I was at closed down. No. So, uh, that sort of ended my career. I was, uh, training to be in the junior Olympics, which would, uh, obviously eventually put me in the Olympics if I qualified. But that's a little fact that not too many people know about me. So I'm pretty good at snowboarding. I would hope so, but that sounds so fun. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. However, um, at a certain point, In a way, I was almost a little happy that the school closed down because it's a lot of work. It's and you have to keep on going and pushing yourself, which is fine. But I'm probably the least competitive person on the face of the planet. So I really don't care if I win or lose. Uh I just like to go and have fun. And, you know, every single day you have to go out there and hike the half pipe and try to stick your landings, but you're probably going to fall on your back or your face, your butt or whatever. You risk so many injuries, if not, you know, unfortunate death kind of thing. Cause yeah. back oh. when I was training. Um, I did see a couple of people die oh. and it was, it was a lot, especially for someone of the age of 16 to, to witness. And I remember one day my mom asked me this question of, um, what are you going to do if you become paralyzed? And I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know. So she really put it into perspective for me. Like this might not be the best avenue to take if you, you know, I mean, obviously anyone can be a professional snowboarder if they want to be, but you have to, you know, be an adrenaline junkie and, you know, feel like you're unbreakable and that sort of thing. But I was raised in a very realistic family and my dad is in risk management. So of course those types of questions come up. And so instead of pursuing that career, um, I pursued a career as uh, I, well, I went to journalism school. So I thought that I could be like a ESPN reporter for, you know, snowboarding, whatever. Um, and then it just sort of transpired into, entertainment and moving to LA and then doing what I do now. (laughs) Now, 
When was it that you first found out that you had autoimmune disease? Can you share a bit of your story and what that was yeah. like? Actually, it's it was when I was um, in boarding school for snowboarding. So when I got there, um, you know, as I said, we had to really exert yourself um, every single day with dry land training and oh, during the off season. And then during on season, you're, you're snowboarding every single day, either from eight until noon or noon until five, depending on, you know, your school schedule as well. And I just remember really not feeling well when I was like, I have a very specific memory in my brain of hiking the half pipe, carrying my snowboard and just feeling like I was going to pass out because I just did not feel well. And my stomach was hurting and I just was cloudy thinking it just, it was not a good feeling and it continued to feel that way for quite some time. And then my mom actually my mom's a doctor and she always was very interested in nutrition and she's actually been following a keto diet for the last 30 years. Um, she sent me this book that I don't remember the title of it. I don't, there was no book jacket or anything, but she sent me this book and wrote a bunch of notes in like the, uh, the margin telling me to, you know, pay attention to specific chapters and paragraphs and stuff like that. And it was essentially a book about the keto diet saying to eliminate grains and to really, you know, cut back on dairy, although the keto diet allows dairy. Um, it also mentioned, um, to really reduce your consumption of nuts. And at that time I was like pounding cashews. Uh -huh. So I have an nut allergy now, which is really interesting. Uh, but I, I would like sneak into the dining hall and just go into their huge bucket of cashews and just go crazy on them. And I just, it, I get, my diet was just not helpful to curtailing any sort of autoimmune disease. And then finally I got blood tests done, which determined um, that I had a lot of different issues. I have celiac and Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. And um, I also suffer from irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. Excuse me. I can't even say it. IBS. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I feel like so many people suffer from IBS these days because of the way that foods are uh, yeah. raised in yeah. the United States. Because when I leave this country and travel overseas and eat over there, I always feel like 20 times better. I never obviously um, break my diet that I have to eat and eat breads and stuff like that over there. But you know, of the food, like even just eating meat and vegetables here in the United States and then going over to say like Australia and eating meat and vegetables there, I feel so much better over there. It's insane. So wow. I really believe that the United States has really crappy food. <laughs> um, so that was when I was diagnosed with all of these issues. And of course, at the age of 16, I'm like, well, what? what, what does that mean? And, you know, back then it was really not popular to have an autoimmune disease. No one knew what these things were. There weren't even really names for these things back then. Um, yet I was over there trying to find substitutions for sugar and all that kind of stuff. So I was using stevia way back in the day. Um, and it's, it was a very interesting journey because initially I just like eliminated all foods for my life. And then I became anorexic. And then I, didn't have any control and I wasn't sure what to do. And I think I was, I was anorexic for a good four years 
And then I finally just sort of snapped out of it because my brother, weirdly enough, my brother and I um, used to be really good friends and whatever, that's a different story. But anyway, um, he one time came up to me when I was anorexic and um, uh, he just looked at me and he goes, you look effing disgusting. And And that like really hit home to me. Because I didn't think that he cared or noticed or anything like that. So when he said that to me, I like really just took a internal look on myself. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what's the point of this? Like, you want to be healthy, not sick. And you're either sick by eating all the foods you should not eat that will aggravate your um, autoimmune diseases. Or you're sick because you're not eating anything. So why don't you focus on eating things that will actually fuel you to feel better as opposed to just, you know, not eating anything. And also, you know, of course there's body dysmorphia and all that kind of stuff too. But I was able to get myself out of um, anorexia and I'm very proud of it because I did it by myself. I mean, obviously I had family uh, members who were, you know, supportive and my mom was very supportive and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, for the most part, like I never had to see a therapist or anything like that. So it, I feel really strong in that respect. And I think that sort of led to the mindset that I have now that, you know, I'm just a super bubbly, happy go lucky person because I always know that there can be worse things out there. And, uh, the reason why I share X, Y, and Z on social media is because I want other people to know that they if they feel crummy now, like there is a way to feel better. And, you know, obviously it's a mindset shift and you have to be totally um, willing to change your mindset, which can be very hard, but I'm just there to, you know, do a little Gigi dance and hope, you know, people laugh and can take life a little less seriously and realize that there's always something worse that can happen to you. So you might as well make the best of what you got. Well, That is a real, I mean, there's so many angles, like you said, we can go. This is a really powerful and complicated, it sounds like, story because it went in so many, you know, when life happens, when these big, huge, like life, we'll call them hardships, happen, there's many like side elements to it too. Like in some ways you were trying to cope with the immunity disorders, with the anorexia, it sounds like, and then- you know, also probably being a 16 year old, you're, you know, 16, 17, 18, you're a teenager. And, you know, it sounds like you had this waking moment when your brothers, you know, calls you out on it all. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, you you know, you said you're really proud of how you got yourself through it and what, you know, you have to have a mind shift is, is essentially what you're saying you know, what are some bits of advice that you can give people? Like, how do you have that mindset? What do you do? You know, it's really hard to advise people on how to change your mind shift, but I have to say that I have to really thank my parents, um, and how they raised me because it's funny when I was a young kid, my parents never babied me. And I was always upset that like, they weren't doing the same things that my friend's parents were doing. Like, 
doing the laundry for me or, you know, I don't know, insert blank here, but they made me do things on my own so I could be an independent person. And they raised me in a very realistic manner. So I never was like in the clouds about any topics. I was, they told me the hard truth about everything. And, um, you know, I think that that sort of upbringing really helped me have this realistic perspective. And I think having a realistic perspective is what has enabled me and did enable me to change my mindset. Now, obviously there are some cases out there with anorexia that, you know, people are just in complete denial. But I think with my case is I was, you know, I, this is kind of when the internet started getting a lot more popular in my day, <laughs> my, make it, make it sound like I'm really old, but, um, it started to get more popular back then. And I was doing a lot of research because I was very interested in food and how it affected the body and what foods were good for me, what foods were not good for me. I remember like researching the blood type diet, which there are some nutrition experts out there they're like that's a crock of shit but in my personal opinion i don't believe that it's a crock of shit because all the foods that that list says that i should be eating make me feel good and all the foods that it says i shouldn't be eating make me feel crummy so i believe in it but like i just i made sure that i was doing my research to figure out what was best for me i never let one diet book or whatever dictate how I should live my life. I read multiple, if not hundreds of different, um, you know, food and nutrition books, and then put little bits and pieces together from each book to create the lifestyle that I live for myself. So am I a keto based dieter? No. Am I a paleo based dieter? No. Am I a pescatarian? No. I am a part of all of those things. Like I, I claim to be on Instagram and social media channels, uh, a keto paleo uh, person. And yeah, I say those things because that makes it easy for people to understand what that means and how I live my life. But keto allows dairy and I don't eat dairy. My cookbook has that in there too. I say that I don't eat dairy, but I am going to include a couple of dairy options just in case you need it. I don't eat nuts because I have a nut allergy. Keto allows for nuts. That being said, keto, or excuse me, nuts are very high in carbohydrates. So any sort of keto dessert that claims to be keto, yeah, it uses nuts and it's basically the same thing as eating a donut. So stop. That's a whole other story. Uh, Anyways, and then am I a paleo dieter? Well, or eater, I guess I should say. I don't like the word diet. Um, I mean, in some respects, yes, I am, but I don't eat fruit. I don't eat sugar um, because my body can't process sugar and it can't process the sugar and fruit either. So I do what, so what lifestyle do I follow? I I follow the Gigi lifestyle because I have made sure to make myself a guinea pig to figure out what works for me and what doesn't. I feel like too often than not, people are trying to find someone to tell them what to do as opposed to taking it into their own hands and doing it for themselves. People have become lazy. That's my, that's my overall message. People have become lazy and they need to not be lazy when it comes to their health because your health, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And you know that. Yeah. And we're speaking so the same language here because, or a very similar language, I'll say. I think our stories are different and, and the routes we went were different, but 
I, I actually would attribute it to uh, when I worked for the Walt Disney Company and for ESPN, uh, the president at the time was George Bodenheimer, and he would always tell us to be a student of the business, be a student of the business. So the second time after my cancer diagnosis, I took that to heart. I, I, after a few days, I was like, okay, how do I be a student of my own business? How do I help myself with this cancer? Now, there's a lot of things that I, I'm no doctor. So medically, I'm not going to cure cancer, but who's out there? What are they doing? That And who might be thriving with cancer? And I want to do that. And so like you, I read, read, read everything I could get my hands on. And there were a lot of, a lot of information that was very similar. So to me, that was like, ding, ding, ding. I'm going to do that. You know, for instance, my warm water and lemon in the morning. I feel like anybody and everybody can do that. It's so simple to rehydrate, you know, detox your body after a night's sleep. And then there were other things I found. And and then what worked for me, again, was not one diet, but was coming up with all this information. And because, you know, I'm on a chemotherapy regimen, I have other elements going into my body. I would bring it to my doctors and share it with them and say, because I've always kind of felt like maybe I needed that validation. And, you know, hey, I went, I know that you got schooled in nutrition, I took some certifications because I was so passionate about it. Uh, but somebody who's who's being overseen by a doctor for whatever it might be, I feel like it's great to come up with these ideas and then share it with them and say, hey, this is the direction I'm going. That mm-hmm. makes us be a patient advocate and like to your point, you know, not lazy about our own health, giving us some control. Yeah, exactly. So can you give, you know, I love what you're saying here again about doing your doing your own research. Um, in a sense, being a patient advocate, you talked a little bit about the support that you had from your family and how you were. It sounds like incredibly lucky to be raised the way you were. Oh yeah. Can you, can you give some advice to people? Like, not everybody has that support. What oh, care caregiver or just support could be out there for somebody? You know, again. It could be with any hardship, but really, as you were talking about navigating your autoimmune disease or even with what you know today, because it sounds like, uh, you know, what is it, you know, 15 or so years ago when you were initially diagnosed with it, the resources weren't there like they are today. Well, the thing is, is social media is right there and people are willing to talk. I you know, a lot of people think social media is a negative, a negative thing. I love social media. I have made so many friends on Instagram, on YouTube, on my blog, including yourself. And I wouldn't change my quote addiction, if you will, for anything, because it's where I connect with people who are like-minded, who have similar issues. We can bounce ideas off of each other. We're willing to listen to one another. And like one of my best friends on the face of the planet, her name's Brittany. And I met her through blogging when in like 2012 and she and I text message every single day, even if it's just a, Hey, how are you? Or hi, you know, we always text every single day. And she has an autoimmune disease as well. Her, uh, her condition is called Sir Jordan's disease. And I have to admit her, her condition is way worse than all of mine, way worse. And I feel so sorry for her, but I listen to her every single day when she's complaining about, you know, one of her symptoms, I try to offer advice. And then when I have flare ups and I have to complain, she's there to listen. So I, my advice to people who may be newly diagnosed or don't have a family support system is hit up social media. There are people on social media who are the kindest, most 
willing to listen people I have ever met. And there's so many amazing communities in uh, throughout Instagram. Obviously there are some, you know, people who are not so nice, but those are the people that you avoid. And hopefully you have a screening process to realize you are the not so great people out there. But in my, in my opinion, more often than not, you'll run into really, really great people who you know, may have a very similar story to you. So I recommend getting on social media, searching hashtags, going to the explore page, finding someone to, and then reaching out to them. Uh, Just, you know, liking a couple of their photos, commenting, starting a conversation with them. I promise that part of feeling better about, you know, whatever issues that you might have is talking to people talking out loud. I think that makes a huge difference. So for me, I don't talk about my autoimmune diseases very much. I simply just, you know, post about the foods that I love to eat. I talk about them in a very sexual fashion because food to me is like sex. Um, and you know, a lot of times if I ever do bring something up, people are like, Oh my God, I would have, I had no idea that you were plagued with such issues. Like you never talk about it. I'm like, yeah, because I don't let that define who I am as a person. Uh, it certainly is a part of me, but it's not my definition. Now, I have to admit, having all of my autoimmune diseases and whatnot has led me to this full-time uh, job of being this, quote, personality on YouTube and Instagram, which is great. And I always wonder, I'm like, if I didn't have these issues, what the heck would I be doing with my life? Um, but at the same time, I just... I really don't want people to think I'm looking for, you know, sympathy or anything because my life is amazing. I have a great life. I have an amazing husband, like beyond amazing husband. This person is, I even was thinking yesterday, I'm like, how the hell did I get so lucky to find this person? Um, and I found him on Tinder. So Tinder, everybody. Yay. Uh, and then I have the cutest little kid ever. And I lucked out in all aspects, I think. So like this, these issues that I have are nothing in my mind. Well, and again, that's mindset. You've been able to figure out a way to channel, like thinking about what's great in your life and handling what isn't where you want it to be. And I think, I mean, again, and in, in, in my opinion, like that's a beautiful way to live because you really are seeing and experiencing the bright side of it all. Yeah. I, I just, I have a very positive mindset. Um, and I think it's because of all the salmon I eat. Those omega-3 fatty acids are really, really beneficial. I got all my blood work done yesterday too. And I am a very, very healthy. So we know it works. Well, you will be proud to know that my 11 year old, who is a pretty picky eater, he loves salmon too. Oh, I'm so very that, proud. Yes. It makes me so happy. And I, um, I, I literally almost took a picture yesterday knowing that we were talking today to be like, guess what Kyle ate? So can you tell us a little bit more? Okay. You know, again, you have a wonderful husband, a cute, adorable son. Tell us what's making you happy right now. Like, what are you working on or what excites you? Oh gosh. What excites me is honestly waking up every single morning, I get excited because my life is very unplanned. I make sure that every day is sort of a mystery aside from, you know, doing a podcast with you, or if I have a doctor's appointment, that sort of thing. But otherwise my schedule is always completely open. I'm a very last minute person, which is funny because before meeting my husband, I was not that way, but 
my husband is an actor and with that sort of lifestyle, you have to be ready at a moment's notice to go to an audition or get booked on something or what have you. So, um, I now just live fly at the seat of my pants and I guess what gets me excited and happy for today is, you know, I'm going to be eating salmon real soon, which is exciting. Um, (laughs) How many salmon recipes do you have in the cookbook? Just out of curiosity. I don't have that many in the cookbook. I might have three, um, but I do have my air frying salmon method in the cookbook, which is like the most popular thing. Everyone tags me in all their salmon photos on Instagram when they make salmon and they call it the Gigi method. And I find it really funny because I'm literally like, you just put it in the air fryer. That's it. But it's, I, I think it's amazing. Like, honestly, I'm very, really proud of it, to be completely honest. I'm like, I'm known as the girl who air fries salmon. That's fun. The salmon queen. Um, so I have to say that I feel like I've nailed the uh, branding. Um, but what what makes me happy about today is, number one, it's raining here in L.A., which is wonderful. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I like to just have an unknown in front of me like you know after we're done with this call i might i might film a youtube video um my husband's birthday is coming up on friday and i might attempt to make like a banana cream pie a little bit healthier so i just like that i can do whatever i want (laughs) that's pretty much it i the the world is my oyster if you will and I, I'm so insanely grateful for the lifestyle that I have. Obviously there are some people that, you know, have to go to a nine to five job, but if I were at a nine to five job, which I, I did have a nine to five job back in the day, I used to work at E entertainment and believe it or not, I actually did work at Disney as well, but I was not on the corporate side. Um, I did radio Disney. Anyways, um, when I was doing those jobs, like I always made sure that I had something to look forward to, even if it was me, like bringing a really tasty lunch to work. Like I had that to look forward to, or I made sure to have like fun plans in the evening. If it was not just, you know, making a nice meal and kicking it on the couch and watching a chick flick or something like that. Uh, so yeah. And you know, my husband makes me happy, uh, you waking up with him and my kid smiling in this morning with, Oh, here is something that makes me really happy today. So I'm talking a mile a minute to my apologies, but I wake up every morning at 4am because I like to get my cardio done before my son wakes up in the morning. And my son sometimes has a very, um, unpredictable wake up time. I personally don't like to get him out of his crib before 7am because I'm, I like to sleep train him and say 7am is a totally okay time to get out of your bed. So, um, what makes me happy is this morning and with daylight savings, I think, uh, he has been sleeping until eight and I don't know how long that's wow. been, but that's it's amazing. So listen, I am, I love what you've built. I think your book is amazing. I haven't checked out all of the recipes, like I was saying, but what I think is even hearing you talk a bit about your journey and how you're not just keto or paleo, you've kind of built your own plan. You actually identify that in the book, like, you know, page 42 and 43 for those who are going to get the book, um, tips for building your own plan. And then there's, of course, you know, sometimes we go off track. You talk also about self-kindness and intuitive eating. And so I, I love that this book is just, it's so much more than a cookbook. And 
you know, it's something, like I said, it's sitting here in my hands. I think it's great. And I think, you know, kudos to you and congratulations on it. It's pretty awesome. Thank you. Uh, I think you also have partnered with, um, or I know you have partnered with a chocolate company. Yeah. Can you tell us a little something about that? Yeah, of course. So um, I, it was back in 2018. I remember, because I was pregnant. I remember getting a shipment of chocolate in the mail from this company called the good chocolate. And it was really beautifully wrapped and sugar-free chocolate. A lot of them were dairy free as well. Um, and I remember eating a, a little square and I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest fan of chocolate. And I remember eating a square and I was like, wow, there's something different about this. Like I hate dark chocolate. I only like to milk chocolate, but this is amazing. And so of course, you know, I let the brand know and I did a couple of giveaways for them and whatever. And then one day we decided to do an Instagram live together just to sort of interview one another, see what our stories were about. And at the end of that interview, um, of the Instagram live, the good chocolate, his name is Ben, one of the owners was like, and everybody who's watching this, just to let you know, Gigi and I or Gigi and the good chocolate are going to be creating our own flavor or a new flavor of chocolate together. And I was like, Oh, Oh, I guess that's, happening. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so then we got to brainstorming and I had so many different ideas for this bar. I was like, Ooh, cookies and cream bar, Ooh, cinnamon roll, birthday cake, you know, all these flavor things. But the thing with the good chocolate is they're very, very, very specific and picky with their ingredients. So, right. you know, flavor extracts that taste like cinnamon buns, they wouldn't allow because there's glycerin in it or something like that, uh, which I really appreciate. Right. So instead I was like, well, I really want to do something like a birthday cake type chocolate bar and we have to make it, you know, milk chocolate, but it has to be vegan. So what we did is we made a vegan milk char- chocolate bar with using coconut milk. And then what we did next is I have a girlfriend, she makes sugar-free sprinkles. So I got her in contact with the good chocolate uh, in terms of like seeing if they could partner up and do some sort of uh, special bulk deal with her, her sprinkles. But unfortunately, her making her sprinkles is very, very expensive. So that didn't work out. And so what we did instead is we created a sprinkle using erythritol and aquafaba, which is the okay. liquid for chickpeas to continue to make this uh, chocolate bar vegan. Because initially we had a recipe with egg white and it was really, really good. But then we were like, well, we can't do that because we need to make this bar 100%. Right. Vegan. So um, then he created the sprinkle after we came up with it and we put it within the chocolate bar. So when you crack open the bar, when you take a bite, you will then look at the piece that you bit off of and you see this like crystallized uh, hunk. And that is the quote sprinkle, but what we call it is crispy crystals. So this, this chocolate bar is called the double crunch vegan milk with cocoa nibs. Cause that's the other crunch in it. And then the other crunch is the, uh, crispy crystals. And so oh my gosh, it sounds so fun. It's, it's, oh my God, I have like, I'm not to be biased, but I really believe it's their best bar on their chocolate line now. And, um, it's now, uh, you know, a lot, every single person I know who has eaten it, who has told me about it, I have only gotten rave reviews and a lot of people compare the consistency to a crunch bar. Um, but that the crunch isn't just rice because it, it's not rice. 
but the crunch is sweet in our bar. So like, honestly, what I like to do is I will, you know, crack open bars and try and find the crispy crystals and just eat the crispy crystals. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I used to be a huge junk food junkie. I loved sugar. I was the hostess snowballs girl. I would eat marshmallow cream out of a can. Uh, They, I loved Twinkies. I loved uh, gummy Coca-Cola bottles. I, um, and, and ever since I changed my lifestyle, I kind of, I, I clearly am not eating those type of packaged foods, but I've been looking for substitute desserts because I still love them. And I oftentimes will do a medjool date with uh, uh, almond butter, but having a chocolate bar that I could eat that's vegan, that's no sugar added, that's coconut milk, like all things that speak, you know, speak to me. So I'm going to have to check that out. And I'm sure oh, other people I, that listen. I really, really hope that you do because it's it's really, really good. And I just got some really good news about it too because initially this was a partnership where, you know, we'd make 2,500 bars and once those sold, you know, we all renegotiate or figure out what to do next. And I just had a call with the Good Chocolate last week and there are specific retailers asking for my bar specifically. So. Wow. It's going wow, to awesome. stay on their roster for, you know, longer than anticipated initially. So that's good. Um, and I'm really, really excited about that. And the Good Chocolate doesn't have my specific bar in stock at the, uh, what is it called? Um, the World Market. But they do have their other chocolate bar. So if you have a World Market near you and you want to just try that, that brand in general, then you can head over to World Market and check it out. Well, I am so grateful, Gigi, that you are here today to share your stories. Uh, It's so fun to talk to you. I feel like I know you, like I said, because I've been hearing your voice on social media for so long. I'm hoping that you will help us end this podcast with uh, a real fun game that we do on most episodes, and we call it the Grateful Game. So my son and I have been playing this for the last few years. I truly believe it is because he does not want to go to bed and so he's procrastinating. So he's maybe rolling his eyes like, okay, mom, I'll play this game with you, but it's it's become fun for us. So I will start and all it is is simply, we'll give a time period, I'll take a minute and then I'll throw you to a minute and who can say the most things that they are grateful about. Now, uh, I know you shared a lot of things that you're happy about, which is awesome because it just goes to show you're so grateful about things so you can... Now throw those back out there or you can come up with new things and, but it can be, you know, whatever's in your heart right now. So I will start. Are you okay. okay with it? Will you play? Yeah, of course. All right, Gigi, I know you're not competitive and I'm not really that competitive either. So I guess that means it does not matter who wins, uh, but I will start. Uh, let's see. I am what I am grateful for and why. Well, I'm grateful that you just introduced me to this new chocolate bar because I really do love sweets, not to the level that I did before, but the um, the crunchy crackles, what are they called? Crunchy crackle? Uh, crispy uh, crystals. Crispy crystals. Crispy crystals sounds awesome to me, so um, I kid you not. I don't have a world market, but I think I can buy it online, so yes, I am grateful for that. Uh, number two, I am grateful that I found a hot yoga. I love hot yoga and I love my studio, uh, but I haven't been doing it as much lately just because I've been kind of of busy and 
they actually moved another town over and I found one online. It's like oh. hot yoga Asheville. And I was just, I think later on today, I'm going to do that. I'm just, it gives me the opportunity to do something I love in my own home. So I'm grateful for that. And let's see, I'm coming upon a minute. I am grateful. Oh, I'm grateful for this new, um, it's like a juice tonic. There's no sugar. It's like turmeric, cranberry elixir that I now put in sparkling water. So there's no natural flavoring. It's all, you know, real. And I'm grateful for that. So, all right, I got three. I'm tossing it to you. Gigi, what are you grateful for? Okay, well, I'm I'm grateful personally for my life, to be completely honest. Every single experience that I have been gifted and given because of my career path I've decided to take and build. So I'm very, and all I keep getting new um, different ideals and sponsorships and stuff like that. Like I just got one yesterday from a salmon company. So that's fun. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, obviously I'm very grateful for my family and my amazing, uh, husband who supports me, even if he, you know, makes fun of my Instagram habit here and there, but you know, I know in the end he's supportive. Uh, and he's definitely, you know, game to do YouTube videos with me when it comes to taste tests and stuff, which I really appreciate because a lot of people honestly watch me on YouTube and Instagram because they want to see how he reacts to things. Um, I'm definitely thankful for my health because yesterday I did some routine, you know, uh, exam and I did blood work and stuff and I got my results this morning and I'm super, super healthy, which is very exciting and makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Um, I'm very thankful uh, that you wanted me to be on this podcast. Thank you. Uh, And I'm also thankful that you're feeling healthy and stuff because your story is very unique. And thank you. A lot of people would think that, you know, getting diagnosed with stage four cancer, that's a death sentence right there. And they would just say, and they just give up, but you have not given up and you've really inspired hopefully a bunch of people to not give up regardless of, you know, what doctors tell them. Um, and you know, I'm really, really thankful that I have salmon in my refrigerator so I can (laughs) eat it. (laughs) Well, oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words and thank Uh, you for being here. And you know, if it matters, you won because you had, uh, I think two more than I did, but it doesn't matter right in life. No, when we sit here, no, when we sit here and we talk and we think about the things that we love or we like or that we're grateful for, it just brings this good energy. And I, you know, like I feel like I'm getting a big, you know, big hug, big virtual hug full of goodness. Yeah. So um, that might sound silly. But anyway, what? thank you everybody for listening. Um, it's been awesome talking to Gigi from Gigi Eats Celebrities or Gigi Eats. You can find her, and I suggest that you do, um, online at Gigi Eats Celebrities. You can also find her on Instagram at Gigi Eats. And you can go directly to YouTube if you want to go that way to Gigi Eats Celebrities. Or you can buy the book, She Does Keto, on Amazon. And where else are you selling it? You're on online in stores yeah it's online barnes and noble um but you know it's amazon is so easy this day i know i know it on click and you'll get it tomorrow it is and that's what happened is that i i ordered it and i got it the next day so thanks again Gigi, and thanks to all you for listening and we will uh we'll talk later bye for now thank you for having me thank you so much for joining us today 
I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode, and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. As you heard in today's episode, Gigi struggled with anorexia and found her own way to get better. She knows that her story is her own and that through it all, she had a great support system. Yet not everyone does. And she encourages people to connect with others on social media or even reach out to a professional. There are many organizations or medical professionals that can help. Just taking a small step can be as easy as making one call. The National Eating Disorders Association is one of them, and they support individuals and families affected by eating disorders. They can serve as a catalyst for prevention, cures, and access to quality care. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.